the Martial Arts Movie Podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Yeah! Featuring Drunken Thai Boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble! And Drunken Karate Master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, Paul, 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 I don't come through. You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Hey guys, it's time for a new release. A new release movie. Yeah, yeah, another martial arts film that just recently came out. Uh, yeah, from 1984. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what time? A what 2021 year is it? 2021 release from 1984. Yeah, Those are yeah. Those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we're doing a new release, technically. We're not, we're not incorrect about that. Uh, but we'll... By the, the next episode, you'll know what the, this month's theme is, but and it's October, so I think it's pretty obvious. Um, but yeah, we are talking about New York Ninja today. New York Ninja. <laughs> yeah, Yay. yeah, yeah. Zero. How how did you discover this? Uh, I mean, like it, word of mouth. I, I'm assuming, right? Right. Well, uh, it's playing. Well, it played. Excuse me. At Beyond Fest, the world premiere, actually. And, you know, we got a chance to watch it, so now we're talking about it. So, yeah, thanks to uh, Ted Gagan for that one. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, all the kudos to them. Um, and all the kudos to Vinegar Syndrome for reviving this, uh, restoring it from uh, the abscess of, uh, you know, like, lost films, I guess, right? Um, and I guess there's a, there's a lot of things that we could talk about regarding this film. Uh, and the making of or remaking of of the the film, uh, because like we said, it, this movie was originally shot in the '80s, and it wasn't released until basically now. Uh, it's it's kind of astonishing or kind of amazing that they were able to do it at all. Um, and thankfully, this was coupled with a documentary that we happened to watch uh, that basically gave us a lot of information, like good information about um, the effort that went that went into trying to recreate this film. Thankfully, they all had all the, the film negatives, but it was all visual um, that they kept. All the audio was unfortunately lost, so what ended up happening is that we got a whole bunch of uh, ADR to dub in all the, the sound in the movie. So that's why we have uh, some... Very iconic voices in the movie, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I guess yeah. you can speak to that we've, a little bit. We've never covered a Don the Dragon Wilson film before. We are a martial arts podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we've dropped the ball on that. I've been wanting to mm-hmm. for a while. Just ha- he hasn't fit into any of our themes or any of our um, anniversaries, our dates, anniversaries. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. But we have also covered Cynthia Rothrock, and she is in the film as well. Right. I believe they're the only two martial artists, and then the rest are various uh, voiceover actors. Renee Quigley's in the movie. I was like, "What?" <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, well, why are we covering this movie, Zero? Like, why, why, why is it important to talk about, or why did we think it was good, entertaining, like good entertainment, good uh, candidate for our show? Uh, well, um. It it borders on so bad it's good, <laughs> in a very cheesy, very campy kind of way. 
it's it's almost along the lines of like the kind of things that you and I like, right? Like you, like I said, we've said this many times in the show, uh, out like behind the scenes. You know, as much as we love martial arts movies, we're also big so bad's good movie fans. Um, we we eat that shit up. And this yeah, one, I'm a very is... big fan of like incompetent filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to say that's what's going on here, but I love an incompetent film when it right. poorly comes together, and you just unfortunately have to laugh at it. It's obviously not the director's intent, right? But we get enjoyment out of it, so yes. I think that is the positive to that one. Uh, that, that's that's one thing I like about this movie. It's um. Yeah, you can definitely see and feel the the budgetary restraints, and given also given the fact that it's from the '80s, um, there, there's definitely a lot of limitations there. But I do, I do appreciate the film, you know, like in a very campy way. Like I said before, um, it. I think you said it before. It, it's almost on the same caliber as Miami Connection. I think you said it. I'm, I'm putting words in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, no, I did say yeah. that. It feels like it's along those lines where, uh, similarly, Miami Miami Connection was lost, and mm. then it got found, and then you know it gained a cult status and all that stuff because of yeah. how cheesy the dialogue was and how silly some of those things were, and how I guess uh, amateurish the martial arts uh, can be on screen. Not that mm. the the actors were amateurs themselves. It's just that when it comes to on-screen fighting, there is a competency competency to that. Right. And there is a skill level to that. And that comes across in that film. And it feels like that's what's going on here. Not to say mm-hmm. that like John Liu, the, the original director, was a bad martial artist. It's just that like when it came to how he was portraying it on camera, it it feels like you know, components are missing, maybe budget is missing because it comes across as very, very simple. But oh, there's yeah. there's like a, a silly and cheesy charm to it. Where there, there's give and take between comparing these two. Uh, I mean, Miami Connection, it's... Well, let's start with the, today's movie, uh, um, uh, New York Ninja, which, which whose title is just amazing. I love that title. Um... <laughs> Uh, like yeah, like John Liu, uh, the the star of the movie, the star director, writer, <laughs> producer, everything, everything. action choreographer <laughs> action uh, of the movie. Um, this guy, yeah, he wore a lot of hats. They said that a lot in the documentary, and they say it like you know, like that's obviously very impressive, you know, to be able to manage all that. But it's like, oh, you can definitely see where he's stretched thin because, uh, you know, when you watch the fight scenes. They're simple. They are very, very simple, um, but not, not in terms of a, not entirely because of the choreography, which it is, but it's simple in the fact that you know camera work is not interesting. Uh, like, or it's a very static. It's very one dimensional. The editing is very one dimensional, um, and yeah, like it, it literally looks like oh, they did one take of all the action scenes and like all right, time to move on. We don't have a permit. To film in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where we always complain, uh, at least with some of the fight scenes, it's like, oh, go wider. You know, we, mm-hmm. we want to see the fights. We want to see what's going on. We want to yep. see the actors performing it. And in this movie, they do it too much. They go too wide and then they <laughs> stay there. And yep. it's just that one static shot of him beating up people 
all around him are (laughs) similar complaints of you see people waiting their turn they're just like in the background like okay is it my turn when's my cue when's my cue and go yep i love it i love that shit no, I, 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 I don't like that in like a more, oh. you know, a more higher budgeted film where, you know, there's no excuse for that. But when it comes to 80s schlocky, campy martial arts films. Yeah, I, I eat that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like crediting John Liu a little bit because, you know, he does have a storied career prior to coming to New York to film this movie. Um, apparently, he's become a recluse ever since, uh, you know, like a more recent uh, they couldn't get him to do much to like reprise his role or do anything outside of like giving very silent acquiescence to be like, yeah, do whatever you want with this movie. Who cares? Yeah. Um, which is kind of a shame because, you know, the guy's still alive uh, as, the, as the timing of this recording. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like apparently back in you know the good old days, uh, you know, he... A lot of his films came to New York, uh, were, were filmed in New York, but he was f- filming in um, in Hong Kong. Uh, this Taiwanese actor, um, you know, like obviously it was in a lot of movies, like none of them made it to like the Shaw Brothers Golden Harvest uh, caliber. So he's in a lot of like really low budget films. So I don't know, like watching that documentary and, and this is someone, this is coming from a guy who didn't watch a lot of his movies. I think I've seen Invincible Armor before. Uh, and I didn't even know that he was in it. Uh, you know, like I, there's like a certain, there's like a level of expectation that you set when you watch like um, the, that kind of martial arts choreography, like what you're expecting from out of Hong Kong, even if it is lower budget. Um, and then here, like he definitely is like a one step down. I thought that he'd be able to take it, you know, what he had was capable of in like Hong Kong production and bring it over here because like, oh, the, the budgets are just about the same, but I guess there's a lot more red tape because now you're working with like American film film productions, even right. if it is lower, lower budget, right? Yeah, one of the things I was going to say is just because he has the experience of working on a Hong Kong, uh, you know, film doesn't yeah. mean he can take over the crew and that knowledge because mm-hmm. it's very evident when you yeah. see him fight the right. American extras, they, I'm sure they have some sort of acrobatic skills, but they are very, very, very limited. Yes. And yeah. that's uh, that's kind of one of the, I, I mean, we're fight fans. That's one of the disappointing things when we look for fights is when you could see that the stuntmen and the performers are not up to a certain caliber. But right. as I've said before, this is kind of a campy, cheesy 80s <laughs> film. So that kind of makes it okay. Right. Well, let's go back to that. Uh, circling back to everything we said, I was trying to say before. Uh, I don't think it's nearly as good as Miami Connection in terms of like the so bad's good quality. But that's my own opinion. I know you're not even a fan of Miami Connection, even on that level. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't want this to be a Miami Connection comparison episode. Oh yeah, episode. that's not fair. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know what it is. Like I can't get into Miami Ke- Connection. I think there's funny <laughs> moments of it. Like I, I like this one much better. Mm, I, I okay. thought this was just much more enjoyable uh, overall, I guess. Yeah. Well, well mm, I feel like the laughs aren't as... Uh, the unintentional laughs aren't as well-paced. <laughs> it's unintentional, right? So that's it's unpredictable. But uh, whereas Miami Connection, it's like, uh, there's like 20% laughing, 80% cringing. But like you get yeah. to start to laugh at the, how much you're 
getting uncomfortable with how uh, how bad these scenes are. Whereas this movie, like, there's actually moments where it just kind of just like a lull, and mm-hmm. um, and this is kind of weird because I don't think I've seen a movie, at least on the top of my head, where um, I am watching the byproduct of a recreation versus the the original format or original um, version of it. Um, yeah. And that's because the original version's lost to the ages. It's it's not a thing. So I am curious to see what the original version would have been. Would it have been just as cheesy and campy? Because obviously they what they tried to do and uh, Vinegar Syndrome. I mean, they they tried so hard to do was recapture the same kind of filmmaking technique and and tone and everything. Basically, just recreate the movie to the best of their knowledge. Uh, using just reading lips and trying to piece together a story, right? Uh, yeah, the uh, that's hard the skill and talent to just put all that together. Oh man, yeah. that must have been a very very painstaking <laughs> process. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it's weird. Like I am critiquing a a recreation uh, rather than the original product. So I, I think uh, the lulls in the movie where it slows down. I'm wondering how much of that. Is uh, I'm wondering how much of that could have been just like cut out in the movie entirely, because like, obviously the movie is it gets really slow, especially when you get to like the two thirds mark. Um, there isn't much laughing, there isn't much fighting. Uh, like there's a period of time where there isn't much of anything at, at all that's really happening. Um, and I feel like they could have just like trimmed down some scenes, um, and made the movie a little bit more concise. And I guess that's that would be more of a, a, a sm- minor critique I would have for the people recreating the film, because obviously right. we don't know what the original version would have been. Yeah, there's a. I'm I'm sure there was a lot of footage that they were just like, nope, 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 and trying to piece it together. And everything that we're seeing now is what they felt was absolutely necessary. Yeah, at least to make a competent plot right because as we said uh, or as you said sure yes there is a lull in like the two-thirds mark but it is kind of moving the story along it's just we're not getting those laughs again like like you mentioned you know i'm gonna do to you now you know i'm gonna do to you now right you said you said story you said plot you gotta do it now explain it damn it (laughs) um i know you're gonna do it to me (laughs) yeah damn it uh john liu's wife is murdered at broad daylight in New York in broad daylight, uh, <laughs> stabbed in the stomach. Oh, and she's pregnant. Mind yes. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not, I mean, not really a big spoiler. This happens all like in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, she's murdered after witnessing a woman being abducted. And what we also find out is there is a man who is abducting women all over New York city for some sort of sex trafficking ring. Uh, and then in addition to that, John Liu is obviously very upset, so he decides to take matters into his own hands. He becomes a vigilante, and he dons a ninja outfit in order to deliver justice or get revenge uh, or befriend children, maybe all of the <laughs> above. You said that in the most like heroic way possible. He, His wife died, so he becomes a ninja. That's basically it. Oh my God! It's the same premise as Scott Atkins Ninja. <laughs> Practically, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, Ninja Two, at least. Um, yeah, but it's it's silly because obviously it takes place in New York, um, and 
yeah, there, there's there's a couple fights in the movie. Um, I wouldn't say that they're very well paced uh, because, I mean, th- let's not mince words. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, the fight quality is not that good. But they're at a certain point in the movie, like around the third of the movie in, they're just like nonstop fighting. It's like, well, scene's yeah. over and then here's another fight. Uh, scene's over the and then here's another fight. It feels like it's mid-loaded with fights. Mm. Yeah. Every all the fights kind of happen in the middle, so yep. it's just like a a fight sandwich, I guess. <laughs> right. There, there's little good things uh, throughout it. Uh, I can't name all of them because there isn't that much. Uh, there's some good stunt work here and there. Um, you know, like uh, John Liu. It seems like they he had a body double for certain scenes. You know, obviously they had a Caucasian guy. You know, donning. Uh, donning the ninja outfit uh, in certain shots, but I'm assuming that because it's lower budget, they just did it for time. You know, it's easier. Yeah, because he, John... he needs to be behind the camera directing, yeah, yeah. and he, but he also needs to be in front of the camera certain <laughs> certain times. So I guess right. yeah, we can we can understand. Sure, why sure. Need a double for that. Right. I think if I remember correctly, certain action scenes, it was uh, John didn't do all of them, or at least some stunt work. I imagine, but I, I completely understand that. Like if he is hurt. All of production is just stopped. Every component <laughs> of production has to stop. So uh, that's completely understandable. But at the same time, I think that is actually him. I think they even said in the documentary that uh, holding onto a wire, uh, that a rope that is attached to the back of a car as it's being dragged, uh, the ninja is being dragged uh, on on the asphalt. And the only and the only reason why this is con- even worth mentioning is that the only thing that's beneath him is just a piece of cardboard <laughs> they're yep. very thin crazy sheet of things cardboard. uh people will do for some simple stunts yeah yeah yeah. Um, so will uh i guess our hero is only as good as our villain <laughs> what did you think of the plutonium killer uh yeah the i don't know who the performer is but i know the voice actor michael berryman um and uh, you'll see him in a lot of like other vinegar syndrome films uh i i only don't have a very limited i forget where i've seen it from but he has that kind of a he has a very very distinct distinct face yeah face uh head shape shape. uh yeah a lot he was a villain in a lot of 80s movies from what i can yeah 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 exactly um oh man blanking on them too but yeah michael berryman he does a voice of the villain and i think he does a great job uh you know like because i i some role some voices i'm like oh you can clearly tell it's like it doesn't doesn't entirely match the the face or like you like not a hundred percent it's not completely idiosyncratic but like for michael berryman like, oh that that feels like it literally came out of that actor's mouth um but enough of that the voice acting let's, let's talk about his uh his i guess special ability uh, I don't. He's, I don't even understand his his whole his whole gimmick. He's radioactive. Uh, he has radioactive hands, and he has orgasms when <laughs> throughout the whole movie that make him ra- more radioactive. He can touch people with his ha- radioactive hands and make them and burn them to death. There's an entire scene in a car where he's. Uh, not not having sex because that that were, I don't think they're aligned properly. I think he's just fucking he's dry humping her his girlfriend's backside, and he kills her by touching her back, and then she just burns to death. 
and and while he's doing all this, he's just like having an old face on screen. Um, I think I just perfectly summarized the villain right there. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand because we under uh, we understand in the throwaway line that he was doused with radiation or something like that. Yeah, but the fact that his when we first see him, his first introductory scene is him opening up, I don't know, a cooler filled with, uh, right. I don't know. Ecto, ecto cooler. Ect, ecto, ectoplasm. <laughs> Green glow flashing on his face and him just becoming sexually aroused by, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that was what it was supposed to be. But yeah, no, I understand, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what the scene is telling the audience. It It never becomes clear what what is going on what is sexually exciting him is he getting sexually excited or is this actor just really really overdue <laughs> he's just absorbing the radiation like a like an x-men i don't know <laughs> uh yeah well i mean opposite him is is john lu who's uh i i, I think it's it's a combination of john lu who i'm assuming you know like didn't really speak much english um i'm assuming uh and like his his so he has to like do a lot of physical uh emoting on screen and but then like obviously don the john well don the john don the dragon wilson uh does who does the voice for him does speak perfect english so um it's just like but don's also you know he he himself has said that he's never done a voiceover for someone else before so you know it's it's out of his element so he's like also kind of hamming it up a little bit like knowingly so this character in general is just like really over the top in certain scenes. He's just, I mean, there's like the amount of times where he just like just screams into the air and just like balls his fist. There's a moment where he's like, there's two pillars and he just keeps on like ramming his shoulder into them he's back like and forth. He's like ping ponging yeah. back and forth between them. Very questionable like, acting why? decision, but why? you know, I don't know <laughs> what was going on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like the the performances across the board are pretty like over the top. Sometimes it's a little dull, but uh, I can't really fault them for for that. Um, I think that's perfectly fine. But yeah, let's let's talk about the action on a more general level. Um, I don't think I've I've seen another movie where uh, <laughs> another martial arts movie where there's a, a chase scene on roller skates. Or the, the the main character is on roller skates. I think I can. I know two of them. There's another. We, we, ninja I think movie we covered where... one. I think we at least covered one. But like you know, like after, okay. Let me let me rephrase that. He's on the main character is fighting on roller skates, but it looks stupid. How about that? It <laughs> well, does not look. <laughs> I I think fighting on you know those traditional '80s roller skates, not roller blades, not inline. The you know the four. Yeah, the four yeah. wheels in a car mm-hmm. formation. Yeah, that's hard to pull off. That that looks very very silly. So, <laughs> and at times he's not even on the roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> and in some scenes, like he does a flip over a car, then a flip over a stuntman. But then you see he's just clearly like walking on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, in the next shot, he's back on his roller skates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On- Okay, how do we define John Liu's like fighting style in the movie? Um, he's very kick oriented, I guess. Right, he, he does a lot of like like 
they're they're okay. They're like kind of fancy kicks. Uh, he he's very good with his balance. You'll you'll notice in a lot of his 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 choreography. Like he doesn't do a lot of like um heavy acrobatic work. He'll just kind of like stand in one place and then just deliver a flurry of slow kicks, daintily hitting you from basically the same two angles. Um, I mean, that's, that's my, that's my observation of, uh, his, his fight style. Um, but again, it's like, it's, I, I get it. They're working with what they have, you know, cause they don't have much time to film something a little bit more car, um, complicated. Um, so yeah, I'm in that sense, I'm a little bit forgiving. I do um, commend it for the, you know, like if I really like sit myself down and consider all the factors, uh, all the constraints that they have to work with. Um, you know, it's, it's fine. It's not good martial arts or it's not good filmmaking, but I think the martial arts choreography is like it, there's like a, a, a spark of, uh, you know, like potential there if they had a little bit more, you know, to work with. I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, when you have a better budget, you, when you have a better cinematographer, you can make, you can make any choreography kind of work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the, I think the only not the only like the main standout fight for me was when he fights a guy with a disgusting rat tail who he puts in <laughs> yeah. his mouth yeah. and he 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 does drunken sword fighting oh yeah. out of nowhere they had to ad lib that line in because i'm sure they didn't understand what they had because <laughs> the guy is really just like moving all around i mean it right. does look like he's drunkenly sword fighting and it really does come out of nowhere. So uh, that was probably that. one of the most interesting things because I can't recall that in another movie. You no, know, I, I don't think so. Boxing before, not drunken sword fighting. Mm, I I can't recall, and but I I mean I've never seen a fight scene end the way it does, which it kind of is explained in a throwaway line. John Liu like just taps him with. His own weapon. I forgot what weapon he's using. Another sharp object. Oh yeah, he is using using a wakizashi, which is like a short Japanese sword. Um, but like it just grazes the the guy with the rat tail, and then they say like, "Oh, I'm dead." <laughs> the fight's over. So, something Pretty along sure those lines. He doesn't do that. But uh, yeah, I remember like it, it just ends like abruptly. Like, oh, okay. I guess that's over. Um, and then towards the end, you know, obviously he has to take on the final boss. Um, surprisingly the best edited, uh, fight scene in the whole movie, especially given that the, the main character, the, the main villain is an older gentleman. Doesn't seem like he knows actual, uh, on-screen choreography, like, or martial arts. So they're giving him very simple choreography, but the editing and camera work kind of make up for it. It's interesting that they they put more of their effort into this last fight scene. So, yeah, again, there's potential there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, uh, some some key takeaways that uh, like I want to talk about before we wrap this up. The score is fucking phenomenal for this movie. Yeah, they yeah, did yeah. a uh, fantastic job. Right. Uh, Voyager, I believe uh, the name of the band is. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where, uh, you know, synthwave is kind of popular now. Uh, well, it's appropriate. And, it's an 80s movie. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was interesting to hear that in the documentary, they, they took some musical cues from other John Liu films to try and, you know, match the tone and whatnot. And it, uh, you know, I, if, 
if I didn't know, I would have just assumed, oh, okay, you know, maybe they got the score right because it just, you know, fits really well with right. the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely I appreciate it a lot. I remember was the movie was getting to its low points. I was thinking, man, like, this is boring, but I'm, I'm digging the music. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is what else is there to say? Uh, I don't. Uh, am I missing any key points before we wrap this up, Zero? Uh, I mean, I think we covered about most of it. Uh, like like you mentioned, this borders on so bad it's good. I wouldn't say that though because I don't. You know, like this is a. I think this is a competently made film, but I think there are really campy cheesy things going on in the script that make us yeah. laugh at it right, right. Like there's there's no, there's nothing going on where things are just outright missing or they need to i don't know like hide somebody with a wig and the wig falls off or they need <laughs> to put somebody out with a you know with a blanket who's on you're just but quoting samurai cop right now <laughs> yes of course <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The, the the so bad is good factor isn't all there, so I can't recommend it entirely on on that front. But at the same time, the martial arts is okay. Uh, I, well, that'd be a flat out lie. It's it's not that great. But I, I mean, if, if you kind of just want to put something on, um, God, I I, I don't want to recommend something just for the sake of recommending it, uh, like. How about I backpedal and say that? Like I say, go check this out, this movie out, anyways. Uh, the martial arts isn't that great, uh, but I think that you know it, it's it's a it's an extremely valiant effort that Vinegar Syndrome um, did to restore this movie, and you can see John Liu's, uh, you know, like he there's like potential here, uh, behind the whole film. Um, but yeah, like it, there, there's, there's still some fun to ha- be had in this movie. Like I still had a g- generally good time watching the movie and enjoying the the camp factor. Uh, it's not so bad; it's good enough for me. But if you're not a fan of so bad, it's good anyways. Yeah, I, sh- I think you could just skip this. Um, but go support the movie if you are a big fan of um, film uh, preservation because I think that's like I'm a big proponent of something like that. So. I don't know, zero. Yeah, uh, I think that's one thing we kind of glazed over, or at least I glazed over, is as picky as we were with some of the aspects of this film, I really enjoyed watching it with you. I had a blast. I thought it was really fun. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and it's one of those things where knowing the history behind it and how they need to restore it, it this could have just been a really boring film, right? Mm. They could have... They could have put together something, and ultimately it could have just been something that put you to sleep. Yeah. Thankfully, it's very entertaining, very campy, as I've said many, many times. It's not so bad it's good, but it feels like a silly 80s film. And uh, if you like those kind of movies, I think this is, you know, this is perfect for that. So I do, I do recommend the film. And I think uh, Vinegar Syndrome did a good job. Uh, I'm wondering if there will be any more like features or stuff i'm sure when they ultimately release it on dvd like Mm. because that that 49 i think it's like a 50 minute like uh documentary is like is is even a good watch too like because they they coupled it together so i'm hoping there's like maybe even more deleted scenes that they just felt were unnecessary to to add in or just like you know anything they they can right 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 um well i mean one thing that the documentary did 
get me interested in or curious about is watching some John Liu movies. Maybe we'll we'll put that on the list one day. So they definitely talked him up as if like he did um, a whole bunch of you know like much better martial arts you know uh, films back in Hong Kong. So uh, I'd be curious to check those movies out. I think we referenced Secret Rivals as one movie. I've already seen Invincible Armor. I don't remember it too much. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe John Liu is. Maybe we'll do a John Liu month month one day. Yeah, I'd be down for that. John Liu, John Lai, John Liu Lai, John John Lai, July. John, oh, you're trying to make John, a pun with his name. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right, don't don't. We'll, we'll think John, of something. John Liu. John Yuer. John Yuery Liu. John Liu. Oh God, no. We're we're not drunk enough for this. No, we're not. We'll think of something. We'll think of something. <laughs> stay yeah. stay tuned.